0: Is Caleb really quiet or is it just me?
1: He's really quiet.
0: Yeah, hold on, I'm, I'm using a different microscope. The what? Different microphone. Mm. <laughs> That's what you said the first time. You heard what I said.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the Barely Saved Podcast, where we have the discussions real Christians don't have. Here's your host, I'm Caleb.
1: Hi, Rebecca.
2: I got hit by another car. So, uh, Caleb, life update. I got, my car got hit by a car. Your
0: car got hit by a car. Where was, where was said car at?
2: Yeah, on Monday, uh, Sunday night, Sunday night, Monday morning. We don't know exactly. It's probably out front. And the only reason we know that it got hit was because it messed up our cruise control system. Because it has the radar. Yeah, and so that stopped working, and so I took it into the dealership, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, it shouldn't be too bad, because I'm sure that all that happened is something like got disconnected, and they just got to connect it back up." And the guy's like, "Yeah, it looks right here, like this little bar where it's bent is messing up with the signal, so it's not getting that. So you got you're actually want to do some body work here." I'm like, "Oh, well, crap." And then a little bit later, he's like, "Yeah, it's real bad." And uh, it was a lot worse than I thought.
1: And this is your like new car, isn't it?
2: We've had this car for like three weeks. So what did you hit? That is the question. I didn't hit anything. Something hit us because it was working on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I drove to work on Monday and it stopped working.
1: So there was a hit and run at some point.
0: How much do you have to pay for the fixing of this? Uh, my deductible was a $1,000. So so you will have to pay no more than a thousand dollars.
2: Yeah. And the really sucky part is that the the value of the car is is, are automatically gone down now just because it's as soon as I get that body work done, which is the worst.
0: Yes, that is that is how valuing things works, Matt. It's really dumb, though, because if
2: you literally get it fixed and it's there's nothing wrong with it, it shouldn't devalue the object.
0: Yeah. But if you're a business, it's better for you if that object is devalued. I'm fully aware. I got a promotion. My job is now more boring. But you get paid
2: better for it, right?
0: Yeah, I get paid more. And I, yeah, now all I do is pretty much on a computer and fixing broken equipment.
2: Get better healthcare?
0: No, I, I already had the best healthcare. No? No, it's
2: the same thing. Um, So I assume they give you more breaks?
0: Yeah, no, I, I get the same breaks.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I'm su- I'm assuming you're salaried now.
0: Nope, I'm still the, the highest level without being salaried. Okay. I,
2: uh, funny story, uh, we were talking about... Well, remind me of this when we come to the church history thing, because I got a, I got a story for you.
0: Okay.
1: I just thought that this was some, a very important piece of history that we needed to know. What happens now that the queen has died? What happens? No, ma'am.
2: Not the queen, the leader of the Anglican Church. This is a Christian podcast.
0: Okay, but we can also call her the queen.
1: Yeah. Because she is also the Queen of England.
0: The defender of the faith. Her Majesty the Queen, defender of the faith, leader of the Church of England, has died.
1: Okay, so I think a very important question is what happens to her dogs?
0: There's no content to this, Link.
1: It's a video.
0: There is no content. It is a video. Tell me that I need to watch a minute and a half of video in order to have a conversation about this. No. No, she's going to tell us.
1: I'm going to tell you because I am going to watch it.
2: Oh, you haven't already watched it? No. No. Do you think she still has the first Corgi?
0: What, the one that she had when she became? No, she definitely doesn't have that one.
1: I mean, unless she had him taxidermied.
0: Are you saying it died? Are you saying in 76 years, do I think a Corgi died? Yes.
2: I am shook. Man, Al Roker is looking old, you guys.
1: They're going to be living with Prince Andrew.
0: They're going to live across the Rainbow Bridge.
1: No, Caleb, stop.
2: They're going to live with Prince Andrew. And Prince Andrew should not be watching any, any uh, wieners.
1: I guess Fergie really loves the dogs, Sarah Ferguson. I just feel like that's a very important piece of history of what's going to happen to the Queen's beloved Corgis.
0: What's going to happen to her dogs? Yes. I mean, I think it's more important that they had to tell the bees that she died. I think that's a more significant piece of news. They had to what? Tell the royal bees that the queen had died. Don't you know that the official beekeeper had to inform the bees that the queen had died? That seems much more significant than what happened to three dogs.
2: Yeah, there's a royal beekeeper and he had to tell the royal bees that the queen had died. And they wouldn't do, do a time of mourning. They're not actually going
0: to do anything with the time of mourning, but they had to. there is one. Rebecca has this face like we're making. It up google it rebecca this is a real thing
2: yeah I, she's looking at us like we're pulling her leg but there's 100 truth to this there's pictures
0: this this has a history for hundreds of
2: years <laughs> she does not believe us at all right now you guys <laughs> you cannot see this face but she thinks that we are full of shit okay and she just now she has seen
1: it <laughs> on the googles <laughs> Royal beekeeper had to inform Queen Elizabeth Bees of her death. It is traditional. Okay, I hear you. I believe you. Um, No, no,
2: you don't. You don't believe us. You believe what you read. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's true. I didn't believe you. You, in fact, did not believe us. I did not. You are correct. I did not believe you.
0: She's had corgis for... A long time right like she's had over 30 corgis in her life like uh uh-huh you know there's a yahoo news article about the queen and her corgis which i think is much more substantive than whatever's in the video because i can't i'm not taking the time to listen to a whole minute and a half video
2: All right, here we go. Go ahead and keep your scores at home. And uh, and if you're Caleb or Rachel, do the same. Caleb, I expect you to get, at least get 20 of these right. How many are there? 25. All right, so we got Bex versus Caleb.
0: Oh, this is not going to be a fair
2: matchup. No, it's not.
0: Uh, first question. Uh, wait, hold on, hold on. I need to be primed for this. What, what exactly is this? So this is a church history quiz. First 300 years. First 300 years. So we're talking about the anti-Nicene's. Up to Constantine, so
2: technically uh, we're not we're not past Constantine, and we but we are doing domit- Domitian. Although we're not going to talk a lot about them. What year was the temple destroyed, Pastor Becky?
0: Do we need to do we need to put this in the chat so that way we we're not copying each other's answers? The answers are thirty, sixty-six, seventy, or one thirty-five.
1: Oh, you oh yeah, it was multiple choice. I forgot
0: A,
2: B, C, or D. C. Yeah, that is correct. you both got a point. You're just so smart. What was the goal of Decius's persecution? A, to rid the empire of Christians. B, to upstage the Christian God. C, to make emperor worship supreme. Or D, to promote the worship of the gods. Pastor Becky. C. The answer is D, to promote the worship of the gods.
1: Why didn't you let Caleb do it? He didn't
0: answer. I did answer silently. You weren't even looking. I was also wrong. I also said C. Oh, But I'm not sure that you can separate those out as, as strictly as you did. Justo
2: Gonzalez does, and so some of these are based on... This is just off of Justo's book. Okay. It's ba- mainly off of Justo's book. So yes, you could make some Cness, but he was less interested in emperor worship than he was the soul.
1: This is why you shouldn't do multiple choice questions for... History classes.
2: Which of the following is the title of Oregon's Old Testament work? De Principis, Hexapla, De Speculis, or Against Celsus? I'm
1: just going to say A because I have no idea.
2: Okay. I'm going to say Against Celsus. Hexapla. He translated the, he had the Greek text, the Hebrew text, the Hebrew text transliterated, and then three other ones because it's six correct which of these is not a gnostic text gospel of peter gospel of thomas gospel of truth gospel of judas pastor becky c i'm going with c both podcasters have guessed c the answer is a gospel of peter dang it that was the other i
1: was between a or c
2: gospel of truth is a gnostic text uh this is a tricky one but it is out of Husto. So which chapter of Acts shows the Jerusalem church except the Gentile converts? Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 13 or Acts 15?
0: I don't remember chapters in Acts. Like I remember the events, but like is it all inside of the <laughs> is it all inside of the chapter? And who counts as the Jerusalem church? Does Peter count as the Jerusalem church himself or does it count when like all of the other things happen and the rest of the church goes with it?
1: Yeah, when they all, when like
0: everybody does, or just. That's the question. Because if you were to ask me what chapter of Acts does uh, Peter preach to Cornelius, I got you. But is that sufficiently considered the Jerusalem church? That's the question. And what are like.
1: And then when Peter argues with the leaders.
0: I'm, I'm going to have to go with Acts 10 because I'm going to say that Peter, as the rock of the church, like that's enough.
1: I'm going to say C13.
2: Husto says Acts 15. Then Acts 15 is the moment the Jerusalem Council is the moment when the Jerusalem church recognizes the Gentiles. And the main reason I think he says that over Acts 10 is that Cornelius is a God fearer already. So he's, you know, three quarters of the way to Jewish. Um, but in Acts 15.
0: I think I'm going to disagree with Husto on this one.
2: <clears throat> hey, that's a that's a fine thing to do in history. All right. Uh, number six, which emperor presided over the most cruel persecution of the church? Diocletian, Nero, Trajan Septimus Severus.
1: Nero. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm
2: going to say Diocletian. Diocletian is the correct answer.
0: I thought Nero was worse, but...
2: He was not. He was uh, very, very limited.
0: Yeah, Nero was just, oh, who burned down the city of Rome? It was the Christians. So we're going to persecute them.
1: No, you're right. I I was thinking um, more from the perspective of like... Uh, Nero being just like a gross human with his like thing that he did. He did some
2: very mean lighting people on fire in the gardens things, but it wasn't as widespread at all.
1: I just jumped to Nero bad really quickly.
2: The martyrdom of Saints Perpetua and Felicitas has three men who are also martyred. Which one of these was not? A name of one of the men. A is Pericles. B is Saturninus. C is Revocatus. Revocatus? I don't know. And D is Secundulus. You gotta make a guess. Thinking about it, it's not gonna help you.
0: Yeah, I'm aware. Uh,
2: can can you say them again? <coughs> Pericles?
1: Maybe, maybe he can say them again.
2: <laughs> Saturninus, Revocatus, or Secundulus? All right, I'm gonna go with D. Secundulus? Okay.
1: I'm gonna go with C.
2: Pericles, Pericles was not one of them. Saturninus, Revocatus, and Secundulus all were.
1: And Pericles is like the most normal of those were those names are the ones that I would. Also,
2: I'm pretty sure Pericles is uh, a Greek name, and some of those others, like Saturninus, is definitely Latin. I think the other three are Latin.
0: Right? They you had you had a Greek name and three Latin names, and I thought that it was a trick that if we guessed <laughs> yes. the Greek name, that that was going to be the like. Uh, How did the
2: Roman government view Christianity at first? A, a new religion. B, as a threat to Roman life. C, as a curiosity to be studied. D, as a sect of Judaism. D. D. D is correct. Everyone got a point there. You guys are burning, burning down the house.
1: I think we're pretty even.
2: I'm doing really bad at this test. Why did churches meet in catacombs? To hide from the Romans, because funeral societies could own land, because it reminded them of the resurrection of Jesus, to mark themselves as different from Judaism.
1: Is there an all of the above option
0: just for funsies? No. The thing about your choices, Matt, is they're not mutually exclusive. It could be multiple of these things.
2: Correct, but Husto said that one of them is the primary reason. And this was a quiz mainly of, did you read the textbook?
0: I can fully tell what this is. Uh, The answer to that question is yes, seven years ago. (laughs)
1: The answer to that question is no. No, I have not.
0: Because these are not like my general. No. What did you say, Caleb? <sighs> I guessed uh, whatever the first option was.
2: To hide from the Romans?
0: Yeah, but it's probably not that one because this is anti-Nicene. So can I change my answer yes, to you the can. funeral societies? Okay, you're going to go with B, funeral societies?
1: Within the first 300 years because that could be different from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, but these are Romans.
1: I know, it's still in Rome. And that's why I'm trying to think which one would argue would be the most reason. I'm going to go with B too, funeral societies.
2: Funeral societies, correct. That was the pri- one of the primary reasons because they could own... Land in the catacombs. Uh, Which Jewish Christians were targeted for persecution by the Sanhedrin? Which Jewish Christians were targeted for persecution by the Sanhedrin? A, the apostles. B, the Hellenistic Jews. C, the Pharisees. Or D, the Essenes.
1: By the Sadducees?
2: The Sanhedrin. But, but yes, the same. That's the Sadducees,
0: primarily the Sadducees, because that's who controls the Sanhedrin.
1: They've got the power. Oh, Sanhedrin! It'd be the apostles.
2: It's actually the Hellenistic Jews, uh, for persecution specifically, because they kill Stephen. And when the, the 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 church scatters, the twelve stay in Rome or stay in Jerusalem.
1: That's true. Okay,
2: Caleb, you are thinking about the James and John moment, but that's the they only record that one moment and and then Saul gets the papers to go to Antioch, which is
0: right. And that wasn't that wasn't the Sanhedrin that was that moment, that was the Herod moment, which was not the persecution by the Sanhedrin. James and Peter was Herod,
2: yes, one hundred percent. I'm talking about the in Acts five when uh James and John are whipped.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I was thinking like not the persecution wasn't just of did the, the Hellenistic believers, but that wasn't persecution by the Sanhedrin. So
2: right the Sanhedrin was specifically for some reason, due to its use in Rome, the ancient form of of blank is called R by scholars due to its use in Rome. The ancient form of blank is called R by scholars. Is it the Didache, the Athanasian Creed, the Apostles' Creed, or the Nicene Creed?
0: A. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I might have to go with the Didache. Ooh, the Apostles' Creed. Okay, I knew I knew it was going to be one of those two because obviously the Nicene Creed it didn't exist yet. <laughs> Like we're talking about the anti-Nicene fathers here, anti-Nicene. So neither would the Athanasian Creed, right? The Athanasian Creed also did not exist yet. So, like, which thing is it? Is it going to be the Apostles' Creed or is it going to be the Didache? So I went with one of the two things that were written.
2: And the, the key here is Rome, because Didache would be uh, is Greek and it's more it's it's more widespread.
0: You're right, yeah, because Didache was written in Greek because I can read that one. Not that the Apostles' Creed isn't, but right, but the Apostles' Creed was all the languages.
2: Yep, Justin Martyr used which Greek idea in his apology? Platonism, logos, resurrection unknown god
0: it's an unfortunate last
1: name um
0: well
2: it wasn't his last name he got martyr
1: i know
0: that's why it's called martyr like we named it after him it was fine to have his last name in his own day
1: uh logos
2: logos is correct diocletian's persecution started in which section of life the guilds the temples the markets or the army uh army army is correct where did the septuagint originate alexandria jerusalem antioch or rome oh shit i do know this one
1: uh isn't it alexandria
0: yep it is alexandria this is where the greek translation of the hebrew bible was done in egypt Pliny the younger
1: which makes total sense
0: you know how many jews were living in alexandria the
2: jewish population in alexandria was massive way more than in jerusalem plenty the younger wrote to which emperor to ask what to do with the christians titus trajan vespasian hadrian the, uh, i was trying
1: to say vesuvius
2: um, <laughs> vespasian this is <that> your guess <laughs> vespasian, yeah it's trajan Trajan writes back, who was the first of the 12 disciples to be martyred? Paul, Peter, John, or James? We literally already talked about this. It's in the book of Acts. We had the whole conversation we were talking about Acts earlier. It was, it was, it was Herod, not the Saint Hadrian that killed him. And then Herod got eaten by worms. Worms? I hate worms. They kill me.
0: <laughs> not No, no, absolutely not. I don't care what kind of room they locked you in.
2: isn't it james it is james x12 which two teachers so you have to pick two of these were from alexandria
0: which two were from alexandria
2: okay clement origin oregon tertullian irenaeus or
0: Iranius. but irenaeus just sounds better
1: a is one of them
0: right for sure because clement of alexandria
1: but that's literally his name (laughs) There were other Clements.
0: Yeah, but since you didn't give it, I'm assuming that you're talking about Clement of Alexandria, and if I were to answer that on the test and get that wrong, I would say, bullshit, Matt, Clement of Alexandria is from Alexandria. You give me the standpoint. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't use that language with the professor, but I would absolutely go talk to them.
1: (laughs) That's fair. What are the other three?
2: Origen, Tertullian, and Irenaeus are the other three. This person... Was Clement's, like, understudy? Like, he took over for Clement.
0: I can tell you what languages they spoke. Is that helpful? No, it is not. Because in Alexandria, both Latin and Greek were widely spoken. And possibly Coptic. I'm going to
1: say Irenaeus.
2: You're going to go with Irenaeus, Caleb? I'm going to go with uh, Oregon. Oregon? Oregon? Yeah. Oregon is correct. Tertullian is from Carthage. Irenaeus is from Lyon.
0: Okay.
2: He is French.. Uh-huh. Where did Paul reportedly go after his first infr- imprisonment but and before the Neronian persecution? India, North Africa, Greece or Spain?
0: Well, none of those names are right. Well, I mean none of those names were what was used at the time.
1: Exactly, but it was Spain.
2: Spain is correct. <laughs> Good job, everyone. Uh, until the time of the Reformation, what did the church see as its highest act of worship? Hymns, reading of Scripture, communion slash Eucharist, baptism.
0: Its highest act of worship. Wait, fr- phrase the question again.
2: What did the church see as its highest act of worship? Hymns, reading of Scripture, communion slash Eucharist, baptism. There's only one answer here, Caleb.
0: There is there is only one answer, but you're. I don't like the phrasing.
2: Well, that's tough. <laughs>
1: The Eucharist.
2: The Eucharist is correct.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the Eucharist. But I don't like the phrasing. And I don't like the separation of baptism not being equally a high form of worship. But it's not done every...
2: That's the thing. It wasn't like a a ritual for them, I think, was Hustos' point.
0: Kind of. So, right, that's why I went with that. But I I don't like the question. No, that's tough. You didn't read the book. I've read the book. (laughs) (laughs) I should read it again, though.
2: Why did Domitian's persecution fall on the christians a they were seen as a sect of judaism b they would not sacrifice for the emperor c they would not eat meat of the temples or d they were responsible for the fire in rome
1: isn't it b
2: no they were seen as a sect of judaism domitian was emperor when the temple fell and they uh he wanted the temple tax because they didn't have a temple anymore to go to rome which is why the persecution began and Christians got caught up in there because they were seen as a a sect of Judaism.
0: I feel like I'm failing this test, though.
2: You really are. Do we read the New Testament apart from tradition? Yes or no?
0: Uh, Wait, who is
2: we? The church. Does the church?
0: As a whole or as American evangelicals? Because I feel like we can, I think we should say should. And the answer is no.
2: (laughs) Okay.
1: How did you phrase the question?
2: Do we read the New Testament apart from tradition?
1: Yeah, I agree with Caleb should sure, and know.
2: But the truth is even if we
0: even if you think you don't,
2: you do right because you if you hear uh, grace by faith, you hear Martin Luther even if you're not thinking about him.
0: right and even if you're Roman Catholic, you hear Martin Luther today. Okay. How did the church forming a large group
2: undermine Greco-Roman culture? a? They did not participate in the social and religious functions. B, they wanted Greco-Roman culture to be stamped out. C, they wanted to be powerful. D, they did not show the emperor respect.
0: A. Yeah, that's, that's A.
2: That is correct.
0: Although I feel like that Christian nationalism book we're going to have to read might say something different.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How many letters did Ignatius write on his way to Rome? Three, seven, seven, twelve. Or forty.
0: How do we know that he didn't write more? Caleb's real upset that I picked those numbers. <laughs> Who's upset? That's are great numbers. No, I'm trying to remember.
1: I have no idea, so I'm just going to take a wild guess.
0: Couldn't write forty on the way to Rome. That's not that long of him. Ignatius could write a lot. You'd be surprised.
1: Don't try and don't try and sway my answer, Caleb. Either way.
0: I've already given my answer.
1: I know, but you could be trying to get me.
0: I mean, I, I don't know the answer to this question. I just have an idea as to what the answer is to this question.
1: I'm going to say seven.
2: Seven is correct. You both got it. She
0: copied my answer.
1: I did not.
2: Does what we think impact our understanding of history? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait, wait. To be clear, your question was just, Do we? does how we think affect our understanding? That was literally your question.
2: Yeah. Like Caleb, it's how many questions did you get right, Caleb? So I needed to get, I needed to hand out some freebies. Okay. That's a freebie. If I ever heard one,
1: but did they get that? Did all of them get that one? Right. Because that is the,
2: I haven't checked them
0: yet. Uh, and then finally, what's been your favorite part of class so far?
1: Um, Matt, giving me these
0: questions, not knowing that this was going to happen at all until I joined this call. Like I was prepared for a totally different conversation And then Matt's like, we're going to do a test today. Bex, Bex got 13. Yeah. Caleb got 15. First off, I got a D, 60%. You
2: got a 60, which is an F.
0: That's a D. D minus. Without reading the textbook or knowing that this is what we're going to do. Can you get an F plus?
1: I'm sorry, Caleb, you have at least read this book. I have. (laughs) And have taken a Christian history, an actual Christian history class. In college.
2: This was an open book test.
0: Oh, wait. This was an open book test? I have Huso's book on Kindle. Had you told me this was open book, I could have been getting them all right.
1: <laughs> I don't... Oh, I do own that book, but it's on Audible. That would not have helped me.
2: So, uh, in in two weeks, we'll do the next quiz. I don't know if we'll do it on here, but... My students will. And we'll be doing Imperial Christianity. We're
0: not we're not doing it on here because I'm not reading huso's book again. What what has gone wrong with Jesus? Matt, the kind of the kind of anti Nicene study that I've done really in depth is like what did these people think and what did they say and what did they talk about? But you didn't talk at all about what did Oregon write or what did Tertullian write. Like those were none of your questions.
2: We we did read some uh, some primary sources in class. So I am doing those things.
0: But that was not the test was about the textbook. Right. I wasn't quizzing on that
2: because the thing that for me is I can't read the book to them. And so they need to read the book. And I have got to be checking if they're reading the book. And these quizzes aren't necessarily easy. But, you know,
0: I want them to. That's a fair way to do it. But that's like the total opposite end of like where all of my study actually went (laughs)
1: Was there a weeping and gnashing of teeth when you gave this quiz?
0: There was. I gave him a fifteen-minute limit,
2: <laughs> and that got bumped to twenty.
1: <laughs> oh, Matthew!
2: Middle of the test, so I don't know. I don't know what the next one's going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't decided yet.
0: Oh. Well, if you give a similar kind of a test as this, I think they'll be more prepared than they were for this one. I believe that to be the, the case.
1: What, you would hope so, but you know, people
0: well that was fun matt i was woefully unprepared um as was rebecca
1: at least you've read the book
0: yes but rebecca do you remember obscure details from books you read seven years ago
2: yeah i mean the, the martyrdom of felicitas and perpetua like
1: i mean i do tend to uh, remember obscure details actually um
0: well yeah me too but not those obscure details i see
1: Here comes the tweet. Doo, 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 doo. All right, this is from Joel Berry. One thing I've noticed about people who leave Christianity is they go directly into therapy.
0: Wait, you gotta keep going. I do? You gotta go through the thread. Okay.
1: And on antidepressants, confession,
0: Oh. arrow,
1: to therapy, Holy Spirit arrow to SSRIs, legalism over to left-wing politics. In my observation, many who leave strict fundamentalism don't stop being dogmatic, close-minded, and judgmental. They just switch sides.
2: There's a lot of truth to that. First off, this dude's the managing editor of the Babylon Bee, and he can go shove it. But he's not wrong about the fundamentalism thing, because I've seen that happen multiple times. But generally, people who are deconstructing are deconstructing fundamentalism. They're not deconstructing Christianity, they're deconstructing fundamentalism.
0: Right. This isn't talking about people who deconstruct. This is people who leave Christianity, which is a very different set of people. And I
2: guess, is it really a different set? Are the people who de- who are deconstructing, are, are they not the ones leaving or is there a different subset that I don't know about? I'm confusion.
0: Well, leaving what?
2: Also, what's wrong with therapy?
0: There's a lot of people that are leaving, that are deconstructing and not leaving Christianity.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I would say most people.
0: And they aren't necessarily going to look just a left-wing opposite ideology.
1: I would say that the the, the people who end up completely leaving Christianity through deconstruction is because of the reaction of those around them when they started asking questions
2: and frankly a lot of the people who are becoming not fundamentalist don't necessarily leave christianity or sorry they 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 leave christian fundamentalism and then go to christian progressivism right so they're still fundamentalists but on the other side
0: yeah which is gross
1: so this actually, this tweet was sent to me by uh, one of my youth leaders, and he and he was like, at first I read this, and he thought, he didn't realize who the tweet, like, who Joel was. And he's like, at first I thought, wow, that's a really, like, insightful and sad thing that most people who are leaving Christianity, they've been so hurt and traumatized by the church that they, like, go straight into therapy. Like, he was reading it through a positive lens, and then he realized who the guy was. then <laughs> was like... Oh! Oh no!
2: When I first saw it, I was feeling the same thing.
1: Yeah, it was like, oh, this is a good thing. Like, this is really insightful.
0: I mean, here's the thing. I think it's really insightful, and you know what? I'm I'm a fan of therapy. People need therapy, and since religious institutions are not really a safe place to do the spiritual care that we used to do, uh, therapy can be a good thing for people. Um, you know, American culture has broken the bonds of like community. Like, you don't have a necessarily a close community where you can go talk to people and have friendships and do the things that therapy does now. So I think therapy is necessary more because we've fractured our culture and these things that used to be done by religious institutions and by communities that are close they don't happen
1: and that's clearly because of the infiltration of leftist ideologies and wokeism right caleb
0: yeah
2: it has nothing to do with social media and the pro- the cost of being vulnerable
1: okay the other thing about this tweet was that he he said like confession is the arrow to therapy holy spirit is the arrow to ssris um and then legalism is the arrow to left-wing politics so somehow in his perception like legalism is what we should be doing because like in that in in that
0: arrow he's i think it's right though right like confession instead of doing confession in a church people go to therapy uh instead of depending on the holy spirit to get self-control we have ssris and then instead of legalism in like mandating lifestyle choices, et cetera, like, you know, abstinence or whatever. Uh, Instead of that, we move to left-wing politics. Like, I I don't think that's necessarily a terrible analogy. And notice that I didn't say that the Holy Spirit replaces SSRIs. Like, I think SSRIs are sometimes helpful. Uh, I also think they're overused, uh, as is evidenced by the fact that we use more of them in this country than any other country in the world and still have a rather high suicide rate, So clearly that's not the solution.
1: So, but what I'm saying is that in his, I don't think that the way that I I agree with you and I agree with what he's with, with how you're interpreting what he's saying, but that's not what he's actually saying.
0: Well, no, I think those are the things that it replaces, but those things themselves are not necessarily good.
2: According to him in, in subsequent tweets and comments. He is saying like he he's basically saying I'm just saying
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and that's his his MO. I mean, I don't think that that's the right thing to to point to, but uh, I do want to read this other tweet that I thought was uh, funny and sad and all of those things. Um, and this was uh, a scoop from the WAPO, uh, at Time WAPO, and I have occurred, confirmed that railroads, if you weren't aware, those big railroads strike imminent, have agreed to give workers the ability to take days off for medical care without being subject to discipline. That just happened. So we'll see what happens. If you read, uh, this is a huge deal. The strike. I, we don't know. I don't know exactly what's happened. I think that they're not going to strike at this point, but they wanted increased pay. They're on call twenty four seven. They couldn't take days off. Like, uh, what is Lily doing back there?
1: I don't know what is she doing. Or
2: is that not Lily? Is that a- the actual cat? Lily. That was the cat Lily. Hey Caleb.
0: Hi, I'm back.
2: We're also talking about the railroad strike. You want to make that our news story?
0: We can. Uh, but I don't. I don't have any idea what you said. Stanley unplugged the router upstairs. It's plugged back in now. <laughs>
2: Uh, I just sent out the tweet that uh, at Jay Stein Wapo and I have confirmed that railroads have agreed to give workers the ability to take days off from medical care without being subject to discipline.
0: All right. You want to try sending that one more time? I'm back again
1: stanley to stop unplugging the router
0: no that one was me i accidentally hit the x on the browser window (laughs) when i was trying to open it i was trying to go to a different tab and i accidentally clicked the x because i'm using the touchpad on the the keyboard and yeah so that was that one was not stanley that was entirely user error did we finish talking about the the tweet yeah pretty much that he's just saying and even though he might be right like his solutions are not good solutions
2: his solutions are definitely wrong
0: There's a lot of people that are good at diagnosing problems and really bad at solutions. All right. Railroad unions and companies reach a tentative deal to avoid a strike.
2: This is going to come back in a few years. What? Because the deal worked, but the deal is not going to be long. Railroads have been making a ton of profit Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you know this, but moving goods is expensive. Yes. And there's not raising wages. The working conditions for uh, conductors and engineers is not great. Uh Uh-huh. Being on call 24-7, not having sick leave, all those things. So, um, but it does appear that we have a tentative agreement. We'll see what happens. Um, It would have been devastating to the uh economy
0: yeah does anybody remember in 2019 when they were arguing about this and threatening to go on strike at the beginning of 2020 and then COVID happened and we just said, oh, no, we're, we're just going to stop fighting over this and try to, like, actually do good for the world during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. None of none of my uh, right-wing friends who have been talking about how bad the strike was and, like, none of them seem to remember that, you know, the unions paused their negotiations for, you know, two years while they, like, went ahead and just took care of the world. Well, why would, why would
2: they remember that?
1: So that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, the it's not perfect, right? They're uh they still have to take unpaid leave to uh like go to the doctor. Um but they can go to the doctor?
1: So they don't have any sick time? Like they don't have sick leave?
2: It is incredibly minute.
1: That's wild.
2: Um but they were getting the it says crucially unions won the right to take unpaid time off to attend medical appointments without penalty, one of several measures meant to ease the burdens of a scheduling system that workers said made it incredibly difficult for them to plan routine physician visits or vacations. Yeah. Still, in a win for the companies, workers must take unpaid leave to attend those appointments. Workers also were promised an additional day off and guaranteed that their health insurance premiums would not rise after the contract expired and while union leaders and management negotiated a new one.
0: Wow. I mean, as as somebody who works at a place with both paid and unpaid time, it is kind of nice to be able to take unpaid time when I need to go to doctor's appointments and things and still be able to use paid time as vacations. Like, unpaid time is, is actually a quite nice thing to have.
2: Um... And, and Amtrak actually canceled trains because they were worried about the strike.
0: Wow. The agreement will increase workers' wages by a total of 24% over five years, stretching back to 2020.
2: And they make decent money. They've been having uh, advertisements in the Twin Cities. I mean, you can make up to $95,000 a year fairly easily as a, a train engineer. But that on-call 24-7, like it specifically says in the job description, this could be difficult on your family. And if we're putting that in the job description, maybe we need to figure out a new way to do this.
1: Well, and I think it's a I think it's a good thing to consider, too, that like just because I, I think we all agree that like the worker is worth their wage and we need to be paying people good wages. But at the same time, in some cases, like it doesn't matter the amount of money that you're taking home if you're never home or if you're not able to like do anything else besides work. And so this is another Kind of symptom of our societal understanding of, um, or our societal focus on it. Just matters how much money you make, um, and that should cover all the other ills that go on in the workplace. And that's just not the case,
0: right? Like parallel to this, there's the current. I think it's ended now, but the nurses' strike in Minnesota. Um, I don't know who else followed that, and you know, of course, they're demanding more Caleb, wages. When you
2: ask who's following it, if I drive past. Asked it every morning am I following it
0: um, I'm not sure if you're following it Matt
2: I just see their signs and they're very angry about not getting enough time
0: yeah but like their demands are you know up they're, they're demanding more pay but currently nurses in Minnesota make an average of eighty thousand dollars a year
2: That's all yeah it's not a lot five thousand amo- dollars above the median in the Twin Cities
0: right which
2: again for nursing
0: is is not terrible pay if the working conditions were actually good if nurses didn't consistently have to work overtime every week and were constantly short staffed
1: and don't get their breaks and
2: yeah i mean i'm just saying i, I want my nurse making more than $5000 above the average salary in the city like Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm a crazy person. Matt, I don't I
0: don't disagree with you.
2: I can't I didn't realize it was that low.
0: Yeah. That's the the median is eighty thousand a year.
2: That's crazy.
0: And so obviously they want a pay raise. But also along with that, it's not just that they're not paid enough dollars to survive. It's that their working conditions suck. And obviously there's reasons for nurses' working conditions to suck, right? Like Nursing, a 12 hour shift that's going to be part of it because you're going
2: to work 312s. Yeah.
0: When, whenever we do go to something different, whenever we go to an eight hour shift schedule, people die because things mess up in nurse turnover. And you want to minimize that as a healthcare system. So you're going to, have to be stuck with 12-hour shifts. That's how it has to work in order for people to live better. But those 12-hour shifts being consistently short-staffed is a problem. Yeah, And that's that's the issue. And that's what's happening in the right rail situation here. Because if you're on call 24 hours a day for three weeks, that's because well, you we don't have enough We talked about this people. elsewhere,
2: but and part of the problem is it's not just that these people are, are being short-changed. Basically, but it's also that the companies are working for are making record profits. Yeah. Simultaneously. Right. And that feels like a slap in the face. It's why it, it's why among liberals, d- unions are even increasingly popular as compared to what they were 20 years ago. Yep. Thanks, Reagan.
0: Okay. Yes. Thanks, Reagan. Yeah. Uh, Normally, Caleb's
2: like, "Yeah, but Matt," and he can't. He can't this time, listener, because
0: it's true. You know, no, I was, I was gonna yeah but you, but I had to be <laughs> able to like figure out the right words. But this is not just Reagan's fault. No, he's just the Reagan worst. did what he did forty years ago. We've had thirty years since then that we could have done something different, and. Restrengthened labor, done training things like we we could have done this. We could have re-regulated these industries, and we've chosen not to because I
2: think that is true. But but we, people thought it was working, Caleb, for the first twenty years. People thought it was working.
0: Which is what I was gonna say because we thought it was working until something happened. Because the thing that capitalism does, it maximizes profits, and when you maximize profits, you reduce redundancies. And as soon as something big happens, everything goes to shit. And what we've seen is in 2019, 2020, something big happened finally, and everything went to shit. And because we haven't been regulating these industries to have redundancy, this is what happens.
2: Yeah, it's it's true.
0: This is what happens with capitalism. Capitalism is fantastic until there's a drought and then you have a bust or until whatever. And we've decided that the only thing that we're going to regulate is the food industry. That's the only thing that never got deregulated. And luckily, we all have food. Otherwise, when it's dry this year, there'll be a lot of us being hungry.
2: That's true.
0: So that's what's happening. Unions are increasing, but unions unions cannot fix the issues that we're having.
2: They can begin it.
0: We, we need regulators to regulate things. But
2: we'll see how that works for but
0: us. But the thing is, unions negotiate for the good of the workers, which again, yes, there'll be better pay at the one plant at the central hub, which does not give redundancy. No. Unions do not... Go to have redundancy in the system. Regulators have to do that. Or else, in 10 years, when something happens again, if it takes 10 years, who knows? We're going to have the same set of issues. Yep. We've got to get some regulations back in place, or else companies that's only incentive is profit are going to continue to screw us all over.
2: Thanks for listening to the Barely Safe Podcast. Make sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes, links, and show
0: notes and merch
2: at barelysavepodcast.com. Listen, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that I, we're going to derail this train, but Caleb, I need you to look at what I just posted in the chat. You remember the other day when uh, someone was like, we're going to use wind to power our, uh, our boats? And someone was like, wow, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Someone has invented the word processor.
0: (laughs) Wow. With more memory. Wow. How much memory does this thing have? No apps, no emails, no
2: interruptions.
0: Ah, that might be helpful.
2: Absolutely not.
0: That keyboard looks tiny. How are my huge hands? Mm Mm-mm. That's like typing on one of those little tiny Macs. Absolutely not. Now, if they had such a device that was bigger and printed it directly onto something like carbon based, I might be all for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like a way that I can easily hand it to somebody. Um, But that I'm, I'm not buying a word processor and a little tiny screen that I can't even see the whole text of what I'm doing. Oh, buddy. What? Sorry, I didn't clean that one up. What the heck? (laughs) <laughs> i would be more likely to buy this than that last thing that we saw though
2: a thousand dollars
0: but it has ernest hemingway's official signature on it it's so dumb all right sorry that and matt a monogrammed microfiber cloth that's worth at least a hundred dollars <laughs>
2: <laughs> who's monogram mine or hemingway's <laughs> it's got eh on all of them
0: uh probably ernest hemingway's more go to hemmingwright.com okay but like I'm I'm disturbed by the fact that you have to have like Ernest Hemingway staring at you the whole time you use this little tiny again just a word processor I don't understand
2: oh it comes with luxury protection yeah Uh, the Hemingway attache case
1: can we move on I want to do the history test
0: yeah but like did you look did you click those links Rebecca
1: yes I did and I
0: they're
2: both ridiculous
1: yeah I mean the first one you know Maybe, but the second one is ridiculous.
0: Really? I'm much more likely to get the second one just for the fun of having it sit in my office and be like, what's that? It's a paperweight. It cost me $1,000 and it came with this cloth. It's
1: a $1,000 microfiber cloth that you got a paperweight with.
0: No, no. I the, the cloth is only $100. Like You get that picture of Ernest Hemingway staring at you. behind because it sits on your bookshelf uh, so that way people can see that you have expensive products so it's staring at you from behind and every time you're in a video feed it's looking at you and you can see it
1: i see